Does anybody else feel a bit warm this morning? It's amazing. I kept checking the, the thermostats to see, and I don't know if it's changed, but it was 68 degrees. Like, I would not normally consider 68 degrees to be hot, but after we've been living in negative degrees, <laughs> 68 degrees feels really hot. Um, and this morning, the Lord brought back a memory to me of a time that I was sweltering hot. Um, and this, these pictures were taken on the Coromandel Coastal Walk that Darren and I took in New Zealand on our honeymoon. Um, and we had been hiking at this point for several hours, and we were getting to what was obviously like a natural lookout because the track kept going, but there was an offshoot where you could go up a cliff. And so we were hiking with, I think it was four other people, and two other people. Yeah, we were four all together, two other people. And so our group of four decided we're going to take that hike up to whatever that natural viewing point is, and we'll stop to have lunch because we all had our lunches in our packs. This was an all-day hike. And so we start hiking up, and we're already pretty worn out. We've gone miles at this point, right? And carrying our food and heaps of water. And so now we're hiking up this cliff. And when we finally get up to the viewing area, the sun is so hot <laughs> because it's like we felt like we got closer to it <laughs> when, we, when we climbed up that cliff. And there's no shade. And the view is unreal. This whole walk was up and down along cliffs and coastlines. And this was the first time that we got up on a cliff to catch this amazing view. And so, of course, everybody's getting their cameras out. Like, we have to take pictures. But do you know what my only memory is of when these pictures were taken of Darren and I? Feeling miserable. <laughs> and being like, can we just be done with pictures already because I need shade and I need water and I need food. I needed refreshment. Like, I was desperate for it. But of course, like etiquette, we all had to take pictures for each other, right? And I think actually we had taken the other two people's photos first, and by that point I was done. Like, I didn't even want us to take these pictures because I was so needy. I so needed to be refreshed. And as soon as these pictures were taken, my pleasant memory is that we hiked back down that climb far enough to where there was some brush, and we cuddled up under that brush in the shade to eat our lunch and drink water because we were so in need of that refreshing coolness and that escape from the heat. Can I tell you that I feel like as a world, as a country, as a community and as a church, that there's been a common experience over the last several months of feeling like, can we just get out of this oppressive heat? Can we just be done? Can we just get out of this oppressive heat? Can we get a break? Can we find some shade? Can our spirits be refreshed? As I sought the Lord on my prayer retreat, the word refreshed was the word that he gave me for our church for this year. And just receiving that word, I felt my spirit lift. I'm like, oh, if that's what the Lord's speaking, then that means that's what he wants to do, and Lord, we need it. We need to be refreshed. We need your refreshing on the inside. 
The word for refresh in the New Testament is only, apparent, it's only actually present in the New Testament two times. But it, it means to refresh, to cool again, to recover from effects of heat, to refresh one's spirit, to recover breath. <laughs> that was the other thing I really needed in those pictures. <laughs> I was out of breath by the time we reached the top of that cliff. And it also means to revive. Revive us again. Fill each heart with your love. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm alone in this. But I feel like as a group, we need to catch our spiritual breath. We need some reviving. And we need a break from the oppressive heat. And I believe the Lord wants to do that for his people this morning. We're going to look at the Old Testament first. See, we have the Old Testament, which was originally written, most of it, in Hebrew. But we have an early Greek translation of it called the Septuagint. And so sometimes when a Greek word only appears a couple of times in the New Testament, it's helpful to go back to that Greek version of the Old Testament and see what words they chose to translate as that same Greek word that shows up in the New Testament. I want us to see these. I think you'll relate to them. First is Exodus 23:12. Exodus 23, 12, it says, Six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, and so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. Part of refreshing is rest. And this is talking about the Sabbath day, meaning that one day a week people were not to work, Right? We all need that Sabbath rest from our physical work, from our jobs. If you've ever been in a circumstance where you had to work seven days a week for any prolonged period of time, you know that we were not designed for that. <laughs> we need that rest. But can I tell you that that's not just the case for your physical body. It's not even just the case for your mind, but it's also the case for your spirit. And this morning, God is calling his people into a place of an internal rest where they can find refreshing. We look in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, a little bit of context. The scriptures tell us that King Saul was harassed by an evil spirit, an unclean spirit. But listen to what would happen when David would come and play his harp for Saul. It says, whenever the spirit from God, meaning that this unclean spirit had been a ministering servant from God, because unclean spirits are fallen angels, right? That whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. It says, then relief would come to Saul, or some translations have it, so Saul was refreshed. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. I believe that in the spirit world, many of God's people have been under relentless attack and harassment. We're in a battle 
It's a spiritual war. And God wants to bring refreshment. He wants to bring relief. He wants you to have a chance to regroup. Not so that you can leave the war. We don't leave the war until we leave this world. But so that you're better prepared to engage it. Skipping ahead to 2 Samuel chapter 16. And I'm only going to read from verse 13, but man, this story is intense. That David and his men are traveling, and they're traveling through the area that King Saul was from. And this is long after David has become king, and now there's been rebellion through one of David's sons, and there's all kinds of conflict going on. But they're going through King Saul's home turf, where some people really don't like King David because they see him as the guy who took the throne from King Saul. And this man, who is from Saul's home tribe, begins to follow David and his men as they're traveling, and he's throwing rocks at David and cursing him. And this just keeps going. Can you even imagine? <laughs> on a journey on foot, and there's some guy following you the whole way that's trying to stone you and screaming curses at you. Verse 13, it says, So David and his men continued along the road while Shimei was going along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went and throwing stones at him and showering him with dirt. The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. We sang a lot this morning about how the enemy will try to speak lies. We sang about how that the God who is in us is greater than the curse, the curse of sin that all of us were born under. Here's this picture of King David, and he is utterly exhausted physically because he's been traveling. He's exhausted mentally and emotionally. He even tells his men who try to silence this guy, he's like, look, maybe it's Maybe there's things that, that this is from the Lord because I've done things that weren't right. Maybe I'm supposed to have to put up with this. You leave him alone. Mental, emotional anguish. And when he finally arrives at his destination, it's time to be refreshed. I don't know what kind of mental or emotional anguish you might have experienced over this past year. We have some shared ones. But there are some that are individual and you might have felt like that you've had a spirit that's just been following you through your life, chucking every bit of dirt at you that it can. And I believe that the Lord this morning is saying that he wants you to be able to find refreshment. So that's the Old Testament. And before we go to the new, I wanted to share as well one of the things the Lord has been speaking to me about, and I think this is going to come up over the next several weeks. But when I think of the word refresh, I think of that little symbol, the little arrow in the circle. And this just tells you that I just have to spend too much time on my laptop. But I'm very familiar with that little refresh emblem. And for anybody who doesn't speak computer, that means when you're on a website and it isn't working or it's not loading or it's not all there or it's not going fast enough, you just put, push that little refresh button and all of the data is sent again to your web browser for that page, right? 
And the Lord's been showing me all kinds of things that he wants to speak to us about this idea of refreshment. But this morning, we're starting with this. Sometimes, when I hit that refresh button, I'll get a screen that pops up that says, there's no internet, check your connection, and then try refresh again. The Lord cannot refresh someone he's not already connected to. He is here, and he wants to renew your mind. And he wants to refresh your heart and your spirit. And he wants to give you on the inside that place of shade and that nourishment that will give you peace. He wants to give you relief from the things that harass you, the addictions, the accusations, the dirt from your past. He wants to bring that refreshment, but he can only refresh you if you're connected. And that's where we have to start this morning, if we want to be refreshed. If you look with me at Acts chapter 3, verse 19, this is the preaching that takes place after Peter has healed a lame beggar. He was a man who had been lame from birth, and Peter has restored his legs in the name of Jesus. He's healed him. He's up walking, and people are astonished. They're in awe because they knew this guy, and they knew he couldn't walk, and now he's up walking around and giving praise to God, right? It draws some attention, and Peter takes advantage of the opportunity, and he begins to preach. Oh, my goodness, if you already have their attention, you better preach, right? It's a whole different ballgame when you have to get their attention while you're preaching. He already had their attention. He begins to preach. And this is the heart of his message. He says in chapter 3, verse 19, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. There's something the NIV misses here. A lot of the other translations get it right. I think it assumes it's implied, but I like the literal translation here. It's that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It's an expression in Greek, and it means in the presence of, but like a lot of our expressions, it comes from a literal phrase that has been adapted into that expression. The literal phrase is before the face of the Lord. That times of refreshing will come when you can get face to face with him. When you can get right in his presence. That's where the refreshing is found. Refreshing is all wrapped up in presence. We're going to come back to Acts, but let's look quickly at the one other place that refreshing shows up in the New Testament. It's in 2 Timothy 1, verse 16. It says, May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesephorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Paul was writing about a brother in Christ who often refreshed him. We're going to look into it more next week. But here's the truth I want you to get. Refreshing is all wrapped up 
in presence. It's all wrapped up in FaceTime, and it comes from the Lord and his people. It's about FaceTime. It's about presence. Are you weary? Are you tired of the oppressive heat in your life, the burden of sin, the things that you're struggling with? Is your spirit tired or even dead within you? The Lord says refreshing is wrapped up in presence. It's not about attending church, though hopefully you find the presence when you do. It's not about religion. It's about time with the presence of the Lord and his people. We'll come back to the people next week. Let's go back to Acts chapter 3. This verse 19 and the context lets us know that we cannot get refreshment in the Lord's presence without having established a connection. If we're seeking refreshing from the Lord, but that connection is not yet there, it's like we're hitting the refresh button and it just keeps coming back up with that warning. You gotta connect to the internet first. You gotta connect to the internet first. If you've come here this morning and your spirit is dry and there's weariness and you're asking God to refresh you, you've gotta check the connections first. First of all, it's implied in this story, it's emphasized that the man who has been healed, this lame man, was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. Faith meaning a belief, a sight that goes beyond what you can see. The name of Jesus meaning his person, his character, and his authority. We can't find refreshment from the Lord until we've put our faith in the name of Jesus. But it's not just Let's look at it. Let's look at Acts 3:16. Going back. This is the description of what has happened to this this lame man. It says by faith in the name of Jesus this man whom you see and know was made strong. His body was refreshed by faith in the name of Jesus. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, God is still able to refresh our bodies. We've given testimony of it. We've seen it happen. But he refreshes our bodies as a witness of what he wants to do for us on the inside. And he does that through our faith in the name of Jesus. We have to believe in him. We have to believe that he is divine, that he is the son of God. We have to believe that he has the authority to make a change in us. We have to have faith in the name. Look at Ephesians 2.8. And if Jalen is watching this live stream after this morning, Jalen walked in this morning with a shirt that said Ephesians 2.8 on it. And I said, that's in my sermon this morning. 
And she said, well, I'm going down to kids' church. I said, okay, well, then it's your assignment. You've got to watch on Facebook. You've got to watch it, and you've got to find Ephesians 2.8. So, Jalen, you got there, but you have to keep watching. All right, Ephesians 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. God gives us this gift of believing in Jesus. And he wants to stir that faith in you if it's not yet there because that faith is required to connect. And you got to be connected before you can be refreshed. The second thing that it says that is needed in verse 19, this command, repent. Repentance from sin. What does that mean? Look with me at Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28:13. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. This is the definition of repentance. Repentance means, first of all, I have to confess that there is stuff in my life that isn't right. The Bible calls it sin. There are things in me that don't line up with the perfect character of God. God wouldn't have treated people the way I have. God wouldn't have treated my body the way I have. God wouldn't have treated life the way I have. I confess it. I acknowledge it before the Lord that I have done wrong. But repentance is more than confession. There's another word here in this proverb, to renounce them. To renounce sin means to reject it and to stop it. This is why we often talk about repentance as doing a 180 turn. Because we have to walk away from the things that we're confessing. We not only admit it, but we're like, I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. I want to stop it. That's repentance. And we can't have a connection through which we can find refreshment if we're not repenting. Mom made a statement, I don't even remember in what context, but it stuck with me. Um, She made the statement that we are just called as Christians to be a repenting people. There's the initial repentance to get that first connection with God, and then we got to keep repenting. As soon as the Lord shows us, hey, Amber, this attitude right here, that attitude, it wasn't right. I confess it, and I renounce it. I don't want to have that attitude ever again, Lord. I repent of it. Whatever it might be, the Lord calls us to repent so that we can experience refreshing Calling out a lie of the enemy. This is not in my notes. Calling out a lie of the enemy. A lie of the enemy is, God, there's this sin that I like, and if you take it from me, there'll be a hole. I need that. I need that addiction. I need that inappropriate relationship. I need that habit in my lifestyle. If I give that up, my life will be less than. It's a lie from the enemy, because what does this scripture say? When we repent then we experience refreshing. You want to know what's sick? The enemy will convince us 
that we can find the refreshing we're looking for in something that keeps us from experiencing the refreshing we're looking for. He'll tell us. You'll find it right here. Look at this fruit, Eve. Doesn't it look good to eat? Don't you know God's just holding out on you? He's keeping things from you. This fruit, it'll meet your need. And what was it that kept Eve from the refreshing presence of the Lord walking with her in the garden? The fruit. We've got to repent. We've got to confess it. We've got to renounce it. We've got to say, I'm done. And don't get me wrong, in our own power, we can't stop anything. But that refreshing that comes, that's part of it. The power to live out the renouncing. But it's first a choice of the will. Next, we see that we have to turn to God in verse 19. Repent and turn to God. When we renounce that sin that's back here, when we decide, I don't want this anymore, I'm walking away from it, we don't just walk away from it, we walk towards the Lord. We turn to him. Another lie of the enemy. I can still dabble with this while I seek God. Tell me, how is that possible if God is there and I'm facing here? Am I seeking the Lord? No, I'm lying to myself. And I'm believing the lie that the enemy would tell me that I can keep dabbling with that while pursuing Jesus. They're in opposite directions. I have to choose. So I repent from that, and I turn to the Lord. Psalm 116, verse 7. We talked about the beginning, about refreshment as rest. I love this verse. Verse 7, return to your rest. And that word return is the same word that's used for repent, by the way. Return or repent to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. We find rest when we come to him. And finally, it says in verse 19, so that your sins may be wiped out. We can't experience refreshment until we have connected through forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. We sang about the blood more than once this morning. By your blood, I've been adopted. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 talks about how we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. When we seek in faith, Believing in the name of Jesus, when we repent from our sin, we confess it and renounce it, and we turn to God, and we allow the blood of Jesus to cover us, all of our past sin, it's gone. It's wiped away. And now we can stand as the forgiven people of God. Finally, if we look at verses 22 to 23 of Acts 3, 
It says, For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. This is speaking of Jesus. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. For our intents and purposes, anybody who isn't listening to obey the words of Jesus, that connection is severed and there's no refreshment to be found. We have to be obedient. If we go back to verses 19 to 21, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Now this is talking about the fact that Jesus at this point has already left this earth little bit of timeline of events, right? He came, he lived his full life, he was crucified, he rose again, he spent 40 days appearing to the disciples and crowds of people, ministering to them, and then he ascended up to heaven to be with the Father. So this scripture says that if we're people who repent, who have faith, who turn to God, who experience forgiveness, who are being obedient to Jesus, we'll experience refreshing in the Lord's presence even though Jesus is already ascended into heaven. And then when the time has come, Jesus will come back. Well, how do we receive refreshing in his presence if Jesus has already gone on to heaven? Well, funny you ask that because Jesus tells us about that in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verses 60 to 63. Now, Jesus has just taught about his blood. He's told people that they're going to have to have his blood. He specifically talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, talking about that they have to put their faith in his work on the cross and be covered with his blood to be saved. And people are telling him, this is a really hard teaching, Jesus. <laughs> like, we don't get it. What do you mean we got to eat your flesh and drink your blood? That's crazy. Verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? If it offends you that I'm going to die, it's really going to offend you when you see me leave. These disciples were going to see him ascend to heaven. And then he says in verse 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. We have to have faith in Jesus. We have to repent. We have to turn to God. We have to experience forgiveness. We have to be obedient. And we experience refreshing from God's presence through the Spirit of God, who gives life. Jesus had to go to be with the Father, but at Pentecost, he sends the Holy Spirit. And his number one desire is to live in you. The Gospel of John says that he becomes like a spring of living waters bubbling up inside of you. Does that sound refreshing? Friends, this is how we get connected. 
Check the connection. Has it ever been established? Has there ever actually been a point in your life when you recognized that Jesus is God? I'm a sinner. I got to change and I need to be forgiven. It's time to become a new person who's obedient to God. I can't do that on my own. I need a spirit in me to help me. Have you ever asked him for those things? It's like taking that Ethernet cable and plugging it into the modem for the refreshing waters of his presence to begin to flow in your life. It's not a magic prayer. It's not a ticket to heaven. It's becoming a new person so that sin no longer keeps you from getting face to face. Sin can't be in his presence. Jesus paid a huge cost to deal with your sin so that you could come in his presence. Are you worn out by the heat? The consequences of sin? Are you weary from life in a fallen world? Jesus is calling you to come and connect with to seek him and to find him. Or perhaps you've had that connection before, but it's become really intermittent. I had a video call with a friend in New Zealand yesterday, and she warned me up front, the internet connection where I am is not very good, so we might lose the call here and there. Has the connection become shaky for you. Then it's time to commit to place yourself in the Lord's presence because it's in his presence that refreshing can come. I want to pray Psalm 90 over you this morning. Psalm 90, 14 to 17. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The Lord wants to bring refreshing this morning. Will you seek him? Will you check the connection? Is there unconfessed, unrenounced sin that's got in the way? Have you stopped seeking him in the morning to satisfy you with his presence? Refreshing is all wrapped up in presence, friends. We need the Lord.